The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Archaeology is often viewed as a fascinating, eclectic, yet ultimately quaint pursuit. This program explores archaeology from the perspective of professionals who demonstrate that in the 21st century, archaeology and its sub-disciplines may hold the key, not only to our past, but to our present and future. Welcome to Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, with your host, Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. Spend the next hour exploring where we came from and where we're headed with a leading researcher and practitioner in the field. Now, here is Dr. Schuldenrein. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Joe Schuldenrein with another episode and a very unique episode of Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology. If you've been listening to the program, you know that we have done a number of programs uh, concerning archaeology and war zones. Uh, we have done a program on Iraq, and we have done two programs on Afghanistan. And for the longest time, with respect to the Afghanistan uh, st- uh, interviews, we have been trying to get the head of the archaeological delegation, the French archaeological delegation in Afghanistan, and its director, Philippe Marquis, who is probably the individual who knows more about the critical site of Mezenac than anyone because he's been working there for many years. And we have talked about this site on several other occasions in conjunction with what's going on with cultural heritage in Afghanistan. And it is my pleasure right now to bring to you uh, Philippe Marquis. And uh, Philippe, uh, welcome to the program. Well, uh, Joe, it's... uh very pleased to, to, to have the occasion to talk to you uh, through radio, and um, it's a pleasure for me to, uh, to be invited on your program. We are so happy to have you. Philippe, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in archaeology generally and how you got involved especially in the archaeology of Afghanistan and, and Mezenac? I would say that there is not much to say. Um, well, uh, it, well, there is not much to say, and in a certain way, it's a very long story. And uh, but I don't want to cut off your uh, audience with this. I would say I, I started doing. I would say that my first archaeological exhibition I did when I was twelve years old. Uh-huh. And since then, I see that uh, archaeology had been, um, I would say, uh, my way of living. I would say so. Uh, uh, it doesn't mean that I'm not interested in the modern world, but I would say that it means uh, the thing which had been really, um, I would say, my main interest, not my main interest, but I think that uh, now, well, I'm now I'm 55, so I would say I'm starting at 12, and now being 20, 55, it's quite a long time being an archaeologist. And, but the fact is that um, it's probably... Um, uh, 
is a kind of activity where I think that I can be useful and uh, uh, the kind of activity uh, with which I think that I can help and I can do something positive. So, and uh, uh, what I've been doing before being in Afghanistan, I've been, I've been for many years psychologist in France and um, working mainly uh, in uh, in Paris itself, I've been, I'm, I'm a the city of Paris, uh, and it means that I've been working a lot with um, archaeology and uh, development projects. And just uh, this experience, I've been working from uh, uh, 1992 up to 1996 on a, a very big project, which was uh, um, see archaeological excavation related to, uh, I would say, the rescue excavation of downtown Beirut in Lebanon. After you know, after the war, there was um, the city center of Beirut had been almost destroyed, and there was a huge project of rebuilding this city center to give it life again. And um, I've been asked to to help on it and I've been working for this project for so from nineteen ninety four up to nineteen ninety six ninety seven. It's been a, a very interesting experience. Very interesting experience because I would say uh, it was also I would say uh, a post war uh, context in an area where archaeology was very important, in an area where cultural identity was also something which was, I would say, the focus point of a good part of the conflict which had been um, developed in this area. So it had been, on many aspects, a very interesting thing. And then after it came, I've been working just before to, to, to go to Lebanon, I've been working for, on short terms, project in, in Pakistan with a friend of mine, uh, Roland Besanval, who has uh, been working a lot in Central Asia, and who uh, became in 2003 the end of the Delegation Archaeologique Française, and in 2004 he asked me if I was interested to join him uh, to resume activation in the North Afghanistan, and well, I would say more, I was more than pleased to be invited to do so. So I started there, and in 2005, uh, he asked me if I was interested to join him as uh, to be his, uh, his deputy director, and so in 2006, I started to be the deputy director of, of DAFA. And then in 2009, I became director of, uh, of DAFA. That's why I've been involved in this, uh, this uh, big project. And among them, uh, uh, I would say the most visible one in a certain way is Messinac. But the uh, important things for me is that um, what we are trying to do in Afghanistan, it tries to, I would say first, to raise the awareness of the international community about the cultural heritage preservation. Second, to try also to develop, I would say, Afghan expertise to deal with the preservation of cultural heritage. And third, to try to, I would say, among Afghan people, to develop also a kind of awareness about uh, cultural heritage and how important it is to deal with cultural heritage. 
So, uh, Philippe, this is very interesting, obviously. I, I would like to know, uh, you started working, I, I wasn't clear, you started working in Afghanistan in 2005? I started working in Afghanistan in 2004. Oh, 2004. Yeah. For short missions. I'm now a resident in, in Kabul since 2006. So I'm permanent in Afghanistan since 2006. Now, how old is Dafa? How long has Dafa been around? Oh, well, Dafa is, uh, I would say, uh, Dafa was created in 1922. Wow. So, and it was created um, as a period. Uh, it's, very, it's, it's very interesting to, uh, to, 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 to look back to this history because Dafa was created by, I would say, first, I would say what we may call an Afghan uh, will. I would say the King Amanullah, who was ruling Afghanistan at this time, decided to make from his country a modern country. And uh, so he decided to create hospitals, to create schools. And he also decided to give a proper history to his country. And uh, to do so, he decided to created, we say, to develop archaeology. And uh, at the time, obviously, there was not in Afghanistan the proper expertise to do so. He asked the uh, French Republic to help him to do so. And the uh, uh, French Republic said, okay, we are going to send you, um, I would say, an archaeological team who is going to work on your, on the, I would say, reconstruction of your history and mainly of the older part of your history. So I see it very interesting because it means that as he stands, King Amadullah had to sense that a modern country should have also a proper management of its cultural heritage and a proper management of, I would say, its cultural identity, even if it's a very, very remote cultural identity. So that's, uh, I would say, from, it's really fascinating to consider this. So you're, you're telling me basically DAFA has been around for close to 100 years. I mean, it's, not, it's 2012? Well, I would say... 90 uh, years? Well, I would say 90 years, yes. yes, yes yeah. Yeah, we've, yeah. Yeah, around 90 years, I was in between 1982 up to 2002, there was no possibility to go on site, but there were still people working on, I would say, the result of the excavation and publishing a lot about Afghanistan. So there is a, a very special relationship in between, I would say, DAFA. It's not really, I would say, DAFA is French, obviously, but I would say, there is a special relationship in between the scientific institution and Afghanistan. And it's uh, also a, a huge responsibility for us to say, okay, we are trying to, to do something. And uh, when we consider what our predecessors have been doing, it's quite, sure. well, it's, sometimes it's, it's scary. <laughs> 
It is. And, and what I think is amazing is that you've sustained a long-term working relationship with Afghans and Afghan archaeologists for all this time. And I know from having been there and speaking, speaking with you that you have a very close relationship with the Afghan infrastructure and the museums and all the cultural institutions in Afghanistan. And you've brought all these people together to work on the various sites that, that you're working on. Uh, how is that relation relationship and how has that relationship either changed or gotten better or gotten worse since the uh, the hostilities began well i think that we are trying to to to, to make this relationship stronger and stronger i think that uh, um you know uh, say 90 years ago or 80 years ago there was archaeology, I would say foreign archaeologists working in any country was something like, I would say, a kind of colonialist approach. Right. Relationship with a, yeah. And the idea is now I see that we are really working on the idea that what, what we are working on is to try to give to the Afghan to the Afghan people, to the Afghan scientists, their history, and to try to give them, I would say, the proper tools in order to to appropriate themselves with this history, with this archaeology, with this cultural heritage. So I think that times, uh, it's quite a long time since uh, this, uh, the beginning of the public, there is since I would say the last 20 years, I would say uh, a very positive evolution, which is to say, okay, well, now we have Afghanistan is an independent country. Afghanistan should be, Afghan should be able to deal with their past and to deal it according to international standards. And to deal it, first, I would say, it's about international standards are very important, but first what was important is that they should be aware that I would say archaeology, cultural heritage, is not a vague concept. It's something which is, I would say, physically part of their cultural identity. And that they can't neglect this part of their cultural identity. And what is the most important part for me is that, say, I, I think that in a country like Afghanistan, where say, people had a lot of problem to define themselves. I would say this kind of familiarity or this kind of relationship with their history is probably the best way for them to define themselves as human beings as, and also as a nation. That's why I, see, I think it's very important. And that's what we're working on mainly. Now I would say on all the sites where we are exhibiting, we try to involve as much as we can. See Afghan. Try to involve as much as we can. The Afghan scientists, the junior archaeologists, but we try also to involve as much as we can the local communities because it's probably the only way uh, in the country which is still uh, in a very very uh, difficult position. Uh, maybe I would say that through this kind of activity, people can can understand what they are, can understand that their history, their 
their Dyson history, but also their clothes history is not an history of people with, I would say, kind of, I would say, a bad omen. Right. People who are doomed, where people who are always to suffer uh, invasion, to suffer war and so on. What actually teaching us in Afghanistan, what I would say a closer knowledge of this history of Afghanistan is showing us that this country, these people had a very brilliant civilization. Right. At the time, there was really a, really a crossroad of culture. They were a country where Buddhism spread. It's a country where Zoroastrianism spread. So, and all of these things are probably the most important things to build up a nation, to build up also in this nation people with the things that they are not starting their life with a bad omen. That a very rich, very positive, very interesting history, interesting culture. And this the, the, knowing this, it's certainly something which are going to help them in order to build a future, whatever the future is going to be. But if they have this element, it's, it's, I think it's going to help them, that I'm sure. And on that note, we will take our first break and first intermission on the program, and we will be back after these words with my very special guest, uh, Philippe Marquis, the director of the French School of, of the French Delegation for Archaeology in Afghanistan. And we'll be back very shortly. Thank you. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com listening to Indiana Jones Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. To be a part of our discussion today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to joseph.schuldenrein at gra-goarch.com. Now, back to the program. Can you dig it? 
We're back. This is Joe Shulden Ryan with our second segment of this very unique program on the uh, archaeology of of Afghanistan. And my very special guest is uh, Philippe Marquis, who is the head of the French archaeological delegation in Afghanistan and has been working there since 2004. Philippe, you were talking so eloquently before about... Um, the need for archaeology and cultural heritage generally to bring together people, uh, especially in difficult times, and these are certainly difficult times. Are you seeing anything uh, in the local and regional populations in, in, in the improvement of relationships between people because of the heritage sites, because of, of places like Mezenac? Is it helping? Are, are we uh, hopeful that, that there will be a resolution with, with people uh, sort of uh, paying very close attention to the cultural heritage and, in a sense, unifying around it? Yeah, I would say that basically... <clears throat> If we consider the operation of Messianic, in Messianic we have now more than 500 people from the local communities working on the site. It means 550 people more or less. It means uh, we have, I would say, the male population of about 20, 12 villages uh, were a part of this operation. Most of these people, before to start working in Messianic, they knew very little of each other. And on this side, that's the possibility to share, I would say, a common working experience. And they are also sharing something which is not that clear for them at the beginning. But little by little, they're getting a bit more acquainted with uh, archaeological work, and they start to realize that the jobs they are doing is purely, I would say, a job to get paid. It's first to, to get money, but it's right. a job which is for them very important in the sense that they are realizing what is their history. And uh, when they are excavating Buddhist statues, Buddha statues, Bodhisattva statues, there is, they are, at the beginning it was very funny because we were discussing with them and, and each time they were talking to me and saying, okay, but these statues are very nice. Um, to think that Afghan people did them, and right, I, I told right. them, and I told them, but you just have to figure that the grandfather of the grandfather of the grandfather, and and beyond, uh, right. these those guys who had been doing these statues, and they say, okay, well, it's smart, and they are very pleased with it. So <laughs> I think that. Um, uh, on this, and, and these people are Muslims, and these people, for most of them, are not making, <clears throat> are not disguising the fact that they are very close from, I would say, opponents of the Afghan government. Not to say that some of them could be Taliban's. Even for them, they just enjoyed what they are doing. And they just enjoy the fact that they are doing something which is positive in the sense that. They are discovering something that they, they were never guessing before. And this is kind of, I would say, basic instruction, basic education, which is so important. And, and I'm discussing a lot of, with them to know what uh, is their daily life, what are their problems, and so on. And when 
all of them are asking me, but tell me, how long are we going to work on this site? Because we really want to go on with the work there. It's interesting. It's our, it belongs to us. And mm-hmm. they even say, but what is going to happen with all the things which had been found in the site? I say, it's up to you, Afghan, to decide what you want to do. Of course, this, of course. And this, okay. And say, okay, but you know why, what? We want to keep this object with us. We want to have a museum. We want to have something, a place close from Messinac where it will be possible for us to show to our kids, our family, what is, what is the result of our work and what is also the history of this area of Afghanistan, and it's very, and, and well, I'll say I hope Joe that you you could join us uh, once more on site and discuss with these guys, and we'll see that for some time it's a main concern. And they of say course. that anytime I'm going to be on site, they're just asking me, but what about the museum? What about the the future of what's going on there? I'll right, say, right. Uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> Philippe, uh, we, we should we should step back for a minute, and, and I would be very happy if you could tell uh, the audience out there a little bit about Mezenac and why it's so important, and what its archaeological history is, so people get a feel of how significant this site is, both for Afghanistan and really for the world. Yeah, uh, well, I think that what is now happening in Mezenac is. Uh, it's a kind of uh, miracle to have a team of more than 500 people uh, from local communities working in the middle of Afghanistan in an area which is not supposed to be the, most, the safest place of Afghanistan. Of course. And it's a miracle. And um, the fact that this is possible, it gives an example of what is possible for other sites in Afghanistan? Because I think that Mesanak is probably the first uh, unique uh, place to explain to, I would say, to the world audience that cultural um, heritage is at risk. And uh, cultural heritage it's not specifically the case of Afghanistan or visible in Afghanistan, probably. And I would say the streets in Afghanistan are probably more easy to identify and and, and, and say the result of this destruction of is much more visible than it could be in other countries. But so, so, so more working in Afghanistan, more we are working on this project of Mesanak, more I've got the feeling that the situation is absolutely dramatic in the sense that, especially in Afghanistan, I would say, where we have still a lot of looting going on. We have, I would say, every day's reports of sites which have been looted. And we have also every day's reports of sites which are destroyed by development programs. And what is probably the worst is we have everyday reports of sites which are endangered by, I would say, simply uh, the streets which are created by erosion, floods, and so on. Right. And 
and uh, and uh, what Miss uh, Ayanak is pointing that which is also a very complicated situation. I would say huge development program everywhere. I would say expertise is still real. I would say that, I would say very very nice and very competent uh, Afghan ecologists, but certainly not enough to deal with sites of this size. And, uh, and uh, so we are doing what we can this site. I see that we had really good progress and it's going on very well. But uh, the, the problem of, of this kind of operation, and it could be a well, not a problem in the sense that it would be a problem if people were considering it as, I would say, the only archaeological site of Afghanistan. The problem is there are many, many archaeological sites in Afghanistan. Of and course. the only one which is where, where we, where there is really an effort to try to do something is Messianic. And when you consider the effort, when you consider the potential of the site, and when you can consider that it's in a way very, very frustrating to say, okay, on a site of this size, of this importance, we should have more people, more money, more involvement of the international community. And still we say, okay, there is something which is occurring. There is people working. There is, I would say, Afghan archaeologists, we are really committed to something. We have, as I was telling before, I would say we have the local community which has really committed to do something. Right. And this is, I would say, and when I'm traveling quite a lot in Afghanistan, and what I see is that there is a, all, those, all over the country, it's an archaeological disaster. All over the it's country, a, it's a site that destroyed. It's, it's an, an archaeological, archaeological disaster. disaster. You're, saying, you're saying it's an archaeological disaster. Um, I would it, say yeah, that the situation... I would say that the situation in, of archaeology in Afghanistan is really, really, I would say, scaring when you consider it. Because all the sites, I would say, I've been working, we've been working a bit on Bamban Valley. And uh, to record, I would say, the archaeological site. And what, what we see is that in 10, 30 years, most of the important archaeological site of the Babylon Valley is going to be destroyed, not due to development, but due to a kind of development, which is development of Russia and this kind of thing. And that's really, really scaring. So that's why I see that in Messianac, in Messianac, we have the possibility to show to the international community that we may find solutions. There is, I would say, say a possibility to to avoid this massive destruction of, of the cultural heritage but it means I would say I would say real important commitments of I would say official international agencies right and and, and 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 really, I would say, uh, real, I would say, development of the awareness. But I would say, for people, I would say, for many people, it's obvious that wow, well, global warming is going to cause 
massive change in the environmental uh, processes and so on. But what people till now had not really fully understood that environmental evolution is going to cause the, a proper destruction of masses and massive of archaeological sites. And when you add to this, I would say, the sites are going to be destroyed by development activities or development projects, or the sites which are going to be destroyed by looting, that you can consider that what is going to be left of archaeological heritage of a country like Afghanistan in between 20 years, in, in, in 20 years. So, uh, Philippe, one of the things I'm hearing you say is that there are basically three sources of archaeological site destruction. There is the development interests, there is the looting, and then there's the natural forces of erosion, a lot of which is a product of climatic, uh, climatic circumstances, yeah. global warming. And we have all these three issues to deal with. Well, yeah, that's exactly that. I would say you add to all this. I would say what is visible on the site, uh, like Messinac, it's, it's obvious that looting and uh, I would say development program are going to destroy the site. That's obvious. The development but programs, you say, like are, are, are the development stuff. programs the worst, the most guilty aspect of it? Is it the development, the mining? No, because, uh, no, because I think that, you know, uh, it's always possible to discuss with developers. And those, uh, like, with some... Uh, <clears throat> uh, some experience in with archaeology knows that I would say it was possible to set up I would say strategy for uh, rescuing archaeological sites. But what is and I, I'm sure that it, the example of Bessinac is is very interesting is that in a way it may look a bit provocative, but uh, right. my opinion is that development program in the case of the case of Bessinac is probably a very good opportunity because save the development program, it's obvious that the site would have been destroyed by lootings. Right. looting already. And if as example we were Stopping, I would say, for example, Ministry of Afghanistan or whoever was saying, okay, we are going to stop do any work uh, related to development programs in, uh, in Mesanak, and consequently, we are going to stop to protect the area. And sure, that if these things were said, the following weeks, the site would be completely destroyed by the loot. So, right. in the case of Mesanac, it's sure that archaeology is, I would say, the less chance to save the site. And proper archaeological excavation is the only way to save the site, which is, in a way, doomed. Because if, I would say, if mining occurs, obviously the site is going to be heavily damaged. And if uh, mining doesn't occur, the site is going to be destroyed by lootings because I've got government 
right now don't have the possibility to care about the site and to ensure a proper security around this site. So that's obvious. But, and this is a very good illustration of how logistics and development could be, I would say, a threat for an archaeological site. But my, I'm working a lot on this right now. Uh, my main concern is, I would say, environmental processes. And uh, so the way erosion is uh, is destroying and destroying completely archaeological site is absolutely stupendous. It's uh, and on that uh, and on that note, we'll have we have to take another break. Um, but we'll be back yeah. with my special guest, Philippe Marquis, right after these words. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. On the weekends, you like to relax with your girlfriends, a cup of tea, your favorite magazine, and some stories and fun. So why not check out Sisters Seriously? It's all that and a whole lot more. Host Kelly Chevalier and her guests will bring you stories and tips designed to encourage women everywhere. Find out more about fashion, interior design, beauty, and entertaining. Sure, we make mistakes like everyone else, but the goal is to find out how to overcome and live the fabulous life for free. Sisters Seriously is live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. To be a part of our discussion today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to joseph.schuldenrein at gra-goarc.com. Now, back to the program. We're back. This is Joe Schuldenrein with a very special edition of Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology. Uh, my special guest today is Philippe Marquis, who is the head of the French Delegation for Archaeology in Afghanistan. And we have been talking about the dangers to cultural heritage in Afghanistan in particular, uh, the dangers that are largely a function of several factors, chiefly development interests, looting, 
and natural erosion, which in part is brought upon by uh, global warning, uh, warming, and certainly in places like Afghanistan, the erosion is, is accelerated um, by uh, extreme activity and extreme uh, weather activity that uh, has has produced. Uh, deformations of the land surface and extensive deposits of silt and floods that are wreaking havoc with the uh, resources and the cultural heritage resources of of the area. Uh, Meze Nak, uh, if you're joining us in the middle of the program, is one of the, shall we say, star sites. Uh, it's a World Heritage Site in Afghanistan, and it's known primarily because it is the site of uh, Buddhist monasteries and exquisite Buddhist statuary, which uh, Philippe Marquis has been working on for years. And secondly, it is a site known for its extensive and widespread uh, mining uh, interests. It was an extensive copper mine. Um, in prehistoric times, and it is threatened right now by the development of mining um, by a Chinese conglomerate that is actively involved in trying to develop a mine there and has taken uh, planning interests and concerns of the country as far as cultural heritage uh, management is concerned into account and I'd like to ask Philippe whether or not there is progress in terms of the preservation and whether or not you've come to agreements with the Chinese on timelines and programmatic setups that will allow you to excavate and to continue doing what you're doing with a flexible timeline. Yeah, I would say you know as uh, as a professional, that um, time is probably the most uh, important uh, element when you are discussing with developer on the rescue excavation. So I think that it's really a major issue. And <clears throat> I think that what you are trying to explain to, I would say, all the partners in this project is that uh, there are paths of the so I would say element which could be planned in terms of of timing and so on, but and it's true from every archaeological site. Sometimes you have to adapt yourself to the reality of what you are discovering, and uh, it's true that in the case of uh, Messinac, due to uh, the incredible uh, wealth. Uh, of this site to, due to uh, the incredible results that already have been gathered. I think we need to adapt our uh, working plans in coordination with the developers. And for the moment, I would say that we have been rather successful in doing so. How is that? Would say, how, how would you say that? Are you working with the Chinese well, and and who else is working with you on the? Yeah, we are working. We are working. I would say we are working directly with those who are in charge of this project. I would say Chinese company MCC is. I would say the one who is going to work the mine, but um, the one who is I would say in charge of the whole project, the Ministry of Mine of Afghanistan, right and. <clears throat> So we are discussing with Minister Mine of Afghanistan, and I would say that we started 
on this project in April 2009. We are now in December 2012. And um, I, I, well, what we have been, uh, I would say, saying is that I would say there is an evolution in the way as people of those who are in charge of the mining project are considering ecology. At the beginning, they were saying, okay, well, they were not aware of how important it was. And um, now I think that they've seen the results and more we have progressed in the results, more site is exhibited, more it's clear to everybody and first to Bishwa Mine that we need more times, we need more people, we need more, maybe more say, involvement of uh, Afghan authorities in order to to, to have a successful ecological uh, operation. And, uh, and especially when say, we are discussing with them, explaining what I told you before. I said uh, probably Mesanak is a unique opportunity for you. It's in itself a unique opportunity. It's a site unique on many aspects. And uh, but it's also maybe it's the best way to, to 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 raise the awareness of all the people interested in this country about how important a proper management of cultural heritage could be. And uh, that's what we are working on. I see that we, well, it's not an easy matter, and you can imagine it. Uh, as I know, you are, uh, you have quite a good experience in rescue archaeology and so on. But I think that we are trying to 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 to, to teach, to explain. Uh, to raise to awareness uh, of all those who are part of this project and to do it, I would say, in a very short time. So what took, say, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years in European countries. Right. Here we are trying to set it in four or five years. So, so that's uh, the main, I would say, main challenge. But I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, people, uh, and I see how things are evolving. Even I would say we have a strong pressure from developers, from Ministry of Mind to say, okay, we we need to for you to 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 go quickly and so on. And uh, but I think that more we go ahead, more it's obvious that uh, this site deserves. Uh, more time, deserve more commitment, deserve more money for a part. But I would say that if there is a commitment, if there is a, also a proper awareness for, of all those who are interested in the preservation of this, what is unique, because it's uh, something which is essential part of... Uh, Philippe, let me, let me ask you a question here. Let me ask you a question here, uh, because we're running short on time, but, and, and I want I want to make sure that everybody understands how important the site is, and and what you as as an archaeologist are up against when you have to deal with this. Is there now a deadline by which the archaeological work has to stop at Mezenac, or are you still negotiating that? We are still negotiating. You still negotiating? We are still negotiating. And I would and, say that, uh, uh, and I hope that we are going to have, I would say, 
you know, as I know, is that uh, more said, times are better, they feel more comfortable they feel. So I think that we are going to to work on this basis to get more time that we can get in order to to be able to to, to document this to explore it in a more scientific way and uh, and for the better profit of everybody. And, and who's, uh, making the deci- uh, who's making the Who's making the decision on on when the timeline is is going to be enforced? Is it all the parties are involved? Decision. No, I think yeah, I think that all parties involved. I think the decision it should be an Afghan decision. Of course. So what what we are doing as as DAFA is to help to provide I would say advices, expertise to I would say both sides, Ministry of Culture, Ministry of Man, <coughs> but it's a at the end, it's up to them to decide what they want to do and how they want to deal with it. It's up to them. I think now? That's, uh, I'm sorry. It's up to Ministry of Culture oh, right. of Afghanistan. It's up to Ministry of Mine to make right. that decision and to say, okay, we have to consider, I would say, all the elements and uh, going to this. So we can give more time to the activist. What about or we funding? Funding is also an important issue. But, uh, I think that when there is already a will to to deal with cultural heritage, I would say money could be really easy to get. I would say that I'm not I'm not worried about really about money. I would say. That, uh, it's something that, especially on this kind of project, as you know, money could be <coughs> can find out I would say a way to fund this project without that much of difficulties. So, facts is that what is more important. And I think that we are arriving to this point is that um, among those who are making the decision, they got really proper information of what is at stake and of how important is it. To, to consider, I would say, of course, economic uh, development of a country like Afghanistan is very important. Of but course, they should yeah. remind. They should remind also that when in 1922, when King Amadullah decided to try to make his country a modern country, he decided also to do it through the development of, I would say, archaeological research. A proper appropriation of the of their cultural heritage, a proper elements to, to develop a proper element to to build, I would say, a, a cultural identity to the Afghan people. So I think that this is well, it's all, always the same old story in a way. But uh, example, and that's why I see it not by chance that the is involved in this. Uh, the same reasons <coughs> which. Uh, <coughs> But uh, so you're you're saying you're saying that the funding is not so much of an issue at this point in time. It's, is it being funded by international agencies, by the World Bank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, it's funded by uh, international agency. I think that if there is a political will, if there is right, see from all the parts a proper. Uh, Awareness that uh, yes, uh, cultural heritage is important, and it's if it's not on the same level, 
cultural economical development and cultural development are part of the same process and you can't uh, promote a cultural economical development unless you had at the same time a cultural a proposal for cultural development or a, a proposal for a proper caring about cultural heritage. So that, that's, that's why in, in either way, I think that uh, there is not much a problem about fund. It's coming, I would say, if you have a real will to make from this country a modern country, a country where people can have the feeling that they are, I would say, getting what they are expecting to get, then I would say people are going to very quickly to realize that they have to fund both, I would say, economical projects, big development projects, but also important cultural projects, like, I would say, preservation of cultural heritage. Philippe, what, what uh, steps can people outside Afghanistan, the general archaeological community and the general public, what can they do to make sure or to help the preserv- towards the preservation of Mezenac and to secure that these fabulous resources will not be destroyed? What can people do? I think that the first thing, which is uh, all the people who are showing interest <coughs> sorry, <coughs> in this kind of project are also contributing to raise awareness about how important cultural heritage issue can be in a country which is just, I would say, in a past conflict situation. So I think that this is, I would say, that what, what I'm very happy to, what I see, I would, I would say the mayors reacting about Mr. So very happy when I'm discussing with, when I'm traveling around and uh, when people are asking me about uh, what's going on in Messinac or what's going on in Afghanistan from this specific point of view. And uh, I think it's the best way. What's important is information and awareness. And I see that more people are informed about what's going on, more they can get a clear figure of uh, what they can do and how they can be part of a process in which I would say you media are, are playing a major role. I think that, uh, and for me, what is important, I would say, it's, you know, it's very difficult. People are not going to, as you know, it's not an easy country to, to visit. Uh, it's very difficult to to invite people to visit archaeological sites in Afghanistan or to visit Misaynek. But by showing their interest in this kind of project, I think that already uh, they can uh, contribute to, I would say, to raise the interest of, I would say, the, those who had uh, more facilities to go in Afghanistan and uh, raise the interest of, I would say, those of the Afghan politicians who are involved in heritage preservation or in uh, development uh, uh, process. And, uh, and this could be, I would say, an important contribution to, I would say, a proper uh, integration of the cultural heritage issue in this uh, in this big issue. And on that note, I'm going to have to wrap it up. Uh, I want to extend a very, very special thanks to my my guest, uh, Philippe Marquis, the uh, director of uh, Archaeological uh, Institute. 
the French Archaeological Institute in Afghanistan for his unceasing efforts and devotion to the site of Mezenac and to archaeological resources throughout Afghanistan. Uh, we'll be back with another episode of our program next week. Until then, good evening. Thanks again for tuning in to Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. Please join us for another unique journey into the past next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. In the meantime, think about the past with an eye towards the future and a better tomorrow. Tomorrow.